morning. My name is Rusty Gordon, and um, like y'all, I was sitting in the pews or watching online last week and weeks before, and the scary thought for you is I'm now here. <laughs> Someday you may be too. And um, I think this morning we all have the same question in our mind. Everybody that's uh, watching online, everybody that's here, and that question is, where is Marion? <laughs> and why isn't she here? But uh, she said today I could come. I'm actually excited to be here. She said I could be with you today and ask you some questions. So I want to tell you a little bit about a ministry called DARE. And uh, in telling you about that ministry, it's something that's very special here. It's something that I am sure some of you are called to. There are people that are in the audience that have already been called to it and have been there. And it's something that you are called to. And, uh, but let me, let me let a video kind of just show you a little bit about what it's about. And then I'll tell you a little more. Can we cue the video? So the pictures you just saw were all taken about 18 months or nearly two years after Michael hit the coast. But they were taken in the Porter area of Florida where assistance came very slowly. And that was one of our teams that went down there. Some of those people are here today. Some make it, made their first trip that day. So DARE is Disaster Assistant Recovery Effort. And DARE is a ministry that we have at our church that goes in primarily behind hurricanes and tornadoes and flooding and all sorts of endeavors, sometimes just older folks that can't take care of their place. And we go in and help them. And the purpose of DARE is a simple purpose. We come to restore hope and a future. So you'll hear today some uh, maybe a story or two about people that have lost hope. And it's easy to lose hope two years later when you're still looking like that. But the amazing thing about this ministry is how it affects the people that go. 
as opposed to how it affects the people that we serve. And that's something I can't explain. You just have to experience it. It's something the Holy Spirit does, and it's something that God does. So let's start, and I'll t- uh, let's start with a prayer, and then I'll tell you a little bit more. Dear Lord, I always think if you want to bless me, I want to be easy to find. And Lord, I confess, I'm not always easy to find. Sometimes I've been where I shouldn't be. Sometimes my mind's been where it shouldn't be, even in church. Lord, but this morning I'm asking for your blessing, for the Holy Spirit. And Lord, I I ask that you will bless your words as they pour through to the ears of the people that you've sent to hear them. And that they will have to do something. Amen. So, the first thing, we're in Missions and Services Month here, and that's why I got this opportunity. I want you to do one thing, though. Anybody that's got their hands on their billfold or in their pocket on their wallet, you can release your grip. <laughs> Dare has, we're coming for something more important. Dare has money. Dare has, it, now, it, we're certainly open to additional contributions. And I know that the people that are within the sound of my voice, if there's a problem, if there's anything this church has ever done, it responds when people are in need. We have donors sitting in the audience this morning. But I know that we'll respond. And by the way, we got a hurricane season coming up. And uh, they're forecasting that this one's going to be worse than the normal. Now we're looking for seven hurricanes, four of which will be major. So that just gives you an example. With D.A.R.E., the way D.A.R.E. started was there were some men of this church, some older men of this church, strike on older. There were some older men of this church, and they were going out helping people, especially after a tornado. And a couple of my friends went with them one time. And in particular, I'm thinking of uh, Mike Carmichael, which, Richard, you know really well. So Mike Carmichael. And he, he could witness more with a hammer and a chainsaw and a bulldozer when he needed to than anyone I've seen. And we saw what they were doing, and another friend of ours that's not here any longer, Rick Page, saw that and said, we need to do this on an absolute consistent and organized basis. So Rick did what Rick does. He went out and bought a trailer, had Dare, came up with Dare, had it printed on the side, and put all the tools in the trailer, none of which he knew how to use. Okay, there's maybe a broom, maybe not, okay? That wasn't Rick's thing. Rick's thing was making folks do what they should do, all right? Making sure we responded to those that that were at less need. So Dare was born from that, and when Katrina hit, this church went kind of crazy, right? And so I'd like to introduce, if I could, if you've been on a Dare mission trip, would you stand? So we have a few. And most of these were in that video, not everybody. I want to call out a couple of people. Um, So Richard here has been really the inspiration behind Dare. He's been the guy that's consistently pushed, but he doesn't like to talk. Okay, so he should be here, but he doesn't like to talk. So he's sitting in the pew. And been doing this for years. My wife, Ann, is the one on the right. She's the one that when we get on trips together, she sets the pace. Right? That's, she sets the pace for how we help and who we do. 
And a couple of years ago, Leonard jumped in the fray with us because we were running out of gas. And <laughs> right before the pandemic, Leonard helped get us rejuvenated. And the reason was, was that when Michael hit, we weren't ready. And it took us a long time to get down there on a trip. And we decided that should never happen in a church like this again. We had the tools. We had the place. We should be ready. We had done training, etc. And so we got together, and right before the pandemic, Leonard had helped spin us up to the point that we were doing a trip a month. Now, let me bring you to the present. But first, let me tell you about volunteering. If you go on a dare trip and you've got skills, they will be put to use. And if you go on a dare trip and you don't have skills, they will be put to use. You follow that? I mean, it's unbelievable. Some of the people that you saw in that video did not want to go, had no capability to do it, didn't think they could do anything. I'm thinking of Laurie, and she became a sheetrock queen on that trip alone. Okay? Also, to understand, DARE has many forms. We have men's trips. We have women's trips. We have family trips where we can go together. You have trips where you can bring people from the outside. We can form a trip and produce that in, in virtually any fashion. And uh, one of the people that you saw up there, you saw the lady in the bed. There's a story there that I probably won't have time this morning, but her son was there. And he had been going to our job networking ministry. And we put out a, a call, and he joined us down there. And guess what? We didn't work on her house. She wrote out Hurricane Michael because she couldn't move. And they had already taken. And he came over and donated his weekend and extra. So we got to go see his mama down there, which we didn't know. A very, very special time. There has that. It will affect you as like anything else has. And... Um, Right now in the pandemic, we've had to back off, obviously, but we're coming out where uh, as we come out, there are going to be local opportunities, and you're going to notice that we got rules around there, so we'll, I'm not masked up right now, vaccinated, but I'm not masked up, but I'm a little bit away from you, but we'll have safety in place as we return, but God's going to have people needing our skills. So let me tell you a story in the Bible. If we could cue up the verses, let me tell you a story in the Bible I want to spend a few minutes on this morning because I think it starts the questions that we have. And I told you earlier, I'm after something more than your money. I'm after your calendar. If there's one thing that people in our peer groups treasure more than their money, it's their calendar. And the calendar has to set aside or a dare trip. These are usually long weekend trips. Listen to, let's listen to this story that, uh, of Jesus and the, hearing of one, I mean, the healing of one of the paralyzed men. One day while he was, this is Luke 5, 17 to 25. One day while he was teaching, Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting nearby. They had come from every village of Galilee and Judea and from Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was with him to heal. Just then, some men came carrying a paralyzed man. On a bed. They were trying to bring him in and lay him before Jesus, but finding no way to bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and let him down with his bed through the tiles into the middle of the crowd in front of Jesus. When he saw their faith, he said, Friend, your sins are forgiven. Then the scribes and the Pharisees began to question, 
Who's this who's speaking blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? When Jesus perceived their questioning, he answered them. That was one of Jesus' times. I think he looked over and goes, I know what you're thinking. Why do you raise such questions in your hearts? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven you, or to stay, say, stand up and walk. But so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the one who was paralyzed, I say to you, stand up, take your bed, and go to your home. Immediately he stood up before them, took what he had been lying on, and went to his home, glorifying God. The word of God for the people of God. Let's be to God. This is a, a really cool story. I'm not going to spend any time on the main point. You get the main point. I hope you get the main point. Jesus has a fatal attraction to folks with unresolved sin who need healing of their soul or their body. If we're here and we have unresolved sin in our life, Jesus has a fatal attraction, one that took him to the cross. He wants to get his hands on you. But that's not what I want to talk about this morning. What's interesting about this story to me is a lot. First off, there's these four guys. They got a guy on a mat, and they're bringing him, and these are friends. So I asked myself, do I have four friends that love me enough that when I need to see Jesus, they'll carry me to him? That was one of my questions. Do I have one? Am I that friend? <laughs> Do I carry people to Jesus when he needs to see? It's a really interesting thing. But these guys put a lot of effort. Do you all realize what happened? They carry him to Jesus. They try to get up there. Well, there's a crowd in front of the door where Jesus is, is teaching. And the crowd wants to see Jesus. They have needs too. And they can't get in. You know why? Because church people are in there. The Pharisees and the church people are in there. And they were asking really important questions like, well, who's my neighbor? <laughs> when all the people are in need are around, right? And the church people were looking at that and they were probably thinking about, well, is this music the kind of music I like? Is the preacher saying, you know, I, went, I don't know if I like exactly what he said. I don't know what that dialogue was. But it was kind of theology. But they weren't giving up. They took the guy up on the roof. Now, I don't know what that trip was like. Paralyzed guy on a bed. Got to get on the roof. Get him up there. That's a piece of work. Removed the tiles and lowered him down. And this is the important thing. What did Jesus do when he saw him? What really matters to him? He interrupted his schedule. He readjusted his calendar when someone of need was lowered into his presence and presented to him. He made a change in what he was going to do. And then he forgave his sins, seeing into us, because he can do that, can he? Jesus got, I mean, he's got that x-ray vision. He can look right into us and get that done. Forgave his sins and then saw the hardness of the hearts and said, what do you think? Okay. And then he told him to stand up and walk. And out he walked. Pretty spectacular. The next verse actually says that the Pharisees and the church leaders praised God and went away amazed. And I think that looks like this. This is my thinking. I'm making this up. They're sitting there with some pretty strong believers on the roof. 
The management changed, and outside the door, a lot of people that are loving on Jesus. This felt like a political move. I don't think I'm going to start arguing with Jesus at this point. I think I ought to just say he's a great guy. Glory be to God. Okay? And then they went home, and they told their spouses, you're not going to believe this. You should have seen what I saw today. That is the discussion that happens at the end of a dare trip. You're not going to believe what happened. You should have saw this. But I have another question for you today, and it's the key question. And this is the key question. to You, you can begin to see if you're drawn to this ministry. And if we can cue that picture. The question is, who fixed that roof? <laughs> I mean, there's a hole in the roof in somebody's place, right? And I mean, there's a lot of good work that's been done, but there's a hole in the roof. And somebody's got to fix it. And so the question is, who fixes the roofs? Is that a valid service? Is that loving our, who would fix our roof? Is that loving our neighbor as ourself? Um, I've been on a lot of, um, of the DARE mission trips, and, and I love it. Um, but and there are stories that come out of those trips, and I'm really bad about being a storyteller. So I could set up, and anybody that's bored and wants to after service, I'll tell you five more stories. I'm going to tell you one here in a minute, but I'll tell you as many stories you want to hear. And these people will tell you stories, too, because they happen. Every trip, they happen. You are part of someone else's story. Someone else is part of your story. And when the Holy Spirit is there, the story is worth remembering. Let me tell you the story about the first hurricane mission trip I went on, which was Hurricane Andrew down in Miami. And uh, it was in uh, really in the projects in Miami. It was with a bunch of youth, and we had to do a roof. And when that trip was over, a group set out at the end of a dock when we were exhausted, a group of adults, and decided that our youth needed something better than a condemned scout hut. And the idea was born for the youth building. To build a big old building in the middle of the historic district? Impossible. Church still in debt? But I'm not going to tell you that story. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you the story about the men's trip that, that went to Mexico. And they were building pews for a little church down there. And wood was very difficult to get. And they ended up, the, t the guys that used the jig that cut the ends of the pews did it wrong. I'm not going to tell you about the guy that walked in the door that nobody had ever met, reassembled the pews and walked out and nobody ever heard from him again, a local. I'm not going to tell you about Mrs. Page. Uh, let's see, who else could I not tell you about this morning? How about um, I not tell you about the team? This wasn't one of our teams. How about I not tell you about the team that went down there and they went on an assignment at a couple of little old folks' house and they, they remodeled their house. They finished it. They got some sheetrock. They didn't finish the place, but they got it where it was livable. And when it came time to leave, they had a sign-off. And they got them to sign off. And the little man said, this is the wrong address. That's the house across the street. <laughs> we make those mistakes. Then he told them a story 
and showed him a note where he and his wife had signed a suicide pact that they couldn't take it any longer. And this was the week. I'm not going to tell you those stories, even the story of the picture up there. That little brick block house that we were redoing with people that didn't think they had any skills. Two people in their 80s living in a 100-square-foot FEMA trailer, one of them bedridden for over a year. And that group got them back in the house. These are fun. This is, a, this is the way life is meant to be lived. I won't tell you the story of a good friend of mine, but we went in a Bible study where I had a Bible study of people that hadn't been in, never been in church except for a wedding or a funeral, or at least for 10 years. And we were fixing a roof. And he watched one of God's absolute miracles occur when rain diverted, not to walk, wash away our weekend's work. And he decided it was time that he dealt. He said, called to me and he said, Rusty, I'm already on my knees. And that was a privilege of a great time to be able to kneel with him and pray for the life change that Jesus wanted in his heart. By the way, he moved with his wife down to Panama City in 30A. And when we go down there now doing mission trips, he comes over and does them. And he's activated a little church. And they do them. Could tell you about the couple that sneaked their way on a trip that we had to Katrina. And we lost touch with them. And it was their first mission trip. And they weren't very active in a church at all. Four years later, we run into them at a concert. And they've led 20 mission trips out of their church. It's now a partner church. Y'all, things happen. But the biggest thing happens to you. If I want to be blessed, I want to be easy to find. Can I lay my calendar down? These folks that stood are going to be back here when we leave. We have some shirts. If you know this morning that you want to go on a trip and you're committing to go on a trip, might not be right away, might be a year from now, we'd love to give you a t-shirt, get your name. There's lots you can do, you can pray, you can help us prepare, but, you, but going is a whole nother thing. And we'll make it happen. And you don't need skills other than those that God has given you. And you'd be welcomed. Let me say one last thing to all you Chapel Roswell folks, online or here. Years ago, that little old man that we were talking about, there were two or three of us that looked over at him and said, my gosh, if they can do that, we need to step up and do this. So you see, the church is only one generation away from being extinct. Any great mission's one generation away from being extinct. Well, guess what? There's a couple of us that are approaching the age of those little old men. <laughs> and we can't get on roofs anymore. They're not allowed. We need some folks to go experience this and say, may God be whispering in my ear? Will you lay down your schedule? A double dog dare you. Let's close in prayer. 
Lord, thank you for this morning. Thank you for this group of people, your message. Lord, the ears that you wanted to fall on, Lord, cultivate that. We have so much to be thankful for, but we don't have enough to be thankful for, Lord. We don't have those blessings that come when we go. We don't have the blessings of laying our calendar down and letting you be in charge. Lord, we, we love you. We really do. This is where our faith in this church has been manifested. And for some of us, our children's and our grandchildren. But we have so much that we want to pray for. This morning, Lord, I want to pray for the blue tarps. The sign of the need. The tarps still on the houses. And the tarps that will come. And those people are going to lose hope and not see a future. Lord, I want to thank you for the people that have gone and still go. And they take a little risk. Mostly not knowing what's going to happen. And they step up and they bring that hope in a future that you tell us about in Jeremiah 29. You don't want to harm us. You want to give us a future. You want to be good to us. When we seek you, we'll find you. You'll answer our prayers. Lord, I want to pray for those that have not yet gone. That they think, this is something I should do. I need to see what the Lord will unleash in me. And also, I can't imagine when I'm telling someone I can't do this this weekend because I'm going here to do that. And the kids look up and see faith in action. Lord, I don't think we have to sit around on our fat tails asking who's our neighbor. Would you lower them through the ceiling or the TV in front of us? Lord, give us courage, the courage to interrupt our moment and be a service to you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.